Welcome to the Investment Turnaround. In this podcast series, Dr. Mariana Bosazan interviews world-renowned investors, scientists, and other personalities who share their solutions toward the sustainable transformation of our financial systems. Today, Dr. Mariana Bosazan interviews Candace Johnson. Mrs. Johnson is a global infrastructure network and innovation expert who has served for two terms as the president of EBAN, the European Business Angel Network. The serial entrepreneur is globally known as the Satellite Lady and is co-initiator of SES Astra and SES Global, the world's preeminent satellite group. Candace Johnson, thank you for accepting our invitation. Mariana, it is such a pleasure to be with you on this podcast. You and I, uh, from the beginning, I think we were two peas in a pod. <laughs> and um, I'm just delighted to hopefully share uh, this hour with um, people from around the world uh, as we discuss topics that are important to us. Yes, thank you. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege. You've been named one of the top 50 most powerful women in Europe and many, many, many other titles, which I, I'll get to later on. How did you become such an impactful force for good in the world? What happened in your life that put you on this path of making the world a better place as a woman? Well, you know, I was born to a family uh, of two boys and two girls. And my mother and father never, ever made a differentiation between the boys and the girls. What was important to them was that we were each individual. In fact, one of my brothers actually said that his, that our parents raised four single children. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, but what was important to them was that we achieve our potential. And it didn't matter if, for instance, we got a B plus and, you know, then they said, well, what happened here? And I would say, well, mommy, you know, it was the best grade in the class. And she says, no, I am not measuring you against other people. I am measuring you against your own potential and you can do better. I think the other thing is that, um, you know, my mother and father were both very, very poor. So my mother was uh, part of a Romanian immigrant family and my father uh, came from the Depression. And yet they, they lived the American dream. They, um, uh, my father became a general in the United States Air Force. Uh, they had a, a, beautiful a beautiful family. And he worked in the White House. And my mother was always so proud, you know, of the fact that, you know, her husband, uh, uh, her, she being a Romanian immigrant, that she would have a husband who would be working at the White House. And she believed so strongly in the United States. And we were all taught that it didn't matter if we earned money or not. But what we had to do was we had to do something that would bring about change and that would bring about change for the better. And so my two brothers and my sister, we're, we're all kind of this way. You know, it did not matter. My, you know, uh, uh, people think, oh, a general, you know, uh, four children, uh, he must be rich. No, my father was not rich. But we all were instilled with this feeling that we did have to make the world better, and if we didn't, that we would have failed. They were rich at heart, which is where richness comes from. Absolutely. I always tell everybody that my mother was love personified. And recently, Warren Buffett paid homage to his mother and basically said the same thing, that without that love, he would not have been able to not only himself amass a fortune, but to help others do so. Yeah, yeah, because it flows over. The love flows over. You can't help it, but do contribute. And so you've been called at Sarina, who has always challenged the status quo. In this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. In this, <laughs> in this day and age, leaders must challenge the status quo more than ever, especially as we're facing all the 
climate change challenges, the uh, exponential tech and biotech challenges, uh, nuclear threats, and so on. So how, how did you decide what status quo you must challenge? And how do you go about creating that new and more progressive system that you, you believe in? So I think one thing is very important because indeed I was called a Zarina who challenged the status quo, but I was also called a monopoly breaker. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Let's continue to do that. <laughs> but you know, it never ever occurred to me that I was a monopoly, a monopoly breaker or that I was challenging the status quo. I always just looked and I saw the world or I saw the planet and I saw the universe and I said, you know, why aren't we doing this? We could do something better. We could do something that would really bring about a change. And so it was always the idea and the urge and quite frankly, the personal responsibility to do something better that then had the result of me either breaking uh, monopolies or challenging the status quo. But it was never the goal to challenge the status quo or to break the monopoly. And I think that is because here again, it was this idea instilled in me by my mother who said, you know, I don't care if the other people are not doing the right thing, I only care if you are doing the right thing. And so, you know, when I was 30 years old and started the Astra satellite, um, this was in 1983, uh, people, you know, I, I thought, oh, well, we'll have a satellite and it will cover all of Europe, East and Western Europe. And there will not be any barriers and people will have freedom of choice. Now, you know, today that is totally accepted. And actually, I think in 1983, 35 years ago, it was also totally accepted, but people had not been doing it. And so rather than try and go and figure out what was wrong with what had been done before, I just said, well, we will create something new. And the beautiful thing about satellites, and that is why I do like satellites, is that they create immediate infrastructure. They can create a new infrastructure and a super infrastructure. And so that is what we did. Along the line, yes, telco monopolies were broken, uh, uh, television monopolies were broken, industrial policy manufacturing uh, corporations were, were broken, but that was not what was interesting to me. What was interesting to me was that we created truly a universe with all of the people who could receive our satellite television at that point where they really did have freedom of choice and where they could, as a French person, they could receive German channels or even later then, as a Hungarian person, they could receive UK channels, etc. So, so I think that, and, and you, you know, in life, everything is about positivity. It is not about negativity. And I have these little ABCs, you know, that are on my um, uh, wall uh, in front of me at home. I, I think you've seen them in my, in my, in my bedroom. I purchased and, my own poster with the ABCs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the first A is avoid negative people, thoughts, and habits. You cannot be surrounded by negative people. Another thing that my father always said, this is, you know, this you could kind of imagine an Air Force general saying this. He said always, it's hard to soar like an eagle if you're surrounded with turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it was because he was trying to tell me not only did I have to always be positive, but that I did have to surround myself with good people so that together we could create um, something better. Brilliant. So coming to today's date where we are facing the issues that we just uh, I just enumerated and you um, also addressed before we started the conversation, we how do you suggest we go about changing the 
for instance, the investment paradigm, which is one of the the foundations of um, of the economy. And uh, one of the problems that we have is this for-profit only or the fiduciary responsibility is the only measurement of success in everything we do, in economy, in, in businesses, in investing. So w- w- while disregarding the so-called externalities, the people and the planet and all the other factors that uh, should be included, especially right now. So from your perspective, and maybe you could like to, would like to give us an example of how you do it in your own investments and how do you integrate these criteria? And there are several standards, you know, you could do the United Nations system, uh, Sustainable Development Goals or the GIN IRIS criteria or, or, or. How do you suggest going about changing that and addressing the regulations that are currently impeding a circular economy that could save us? So, you know, I have been also known for saying that regulation never stopped anything good from happening. <laughs> and, and, and I really, you know, here again, it is a little bit about that monopoly breaking and the, you know, challenging the status quo. But I think that the way that we have to do this, Mariana, is really to exponentially empower everyone on the planet and to instill in them this sense of personal responsibility. That is what guides me in every single thing that I do. I always say you have to have personal responsibility to the universe, to the planet, to your stakeholders, to your customers, but most importantly to yourself. If you are not taking the responsibility to achieve the goal that you have set out, then you are, are truly, truly failing. And the, the you know, um, so for instance, let me you know, just give you a little, uh, little example. Um, uh, the two, what, five years ago, these young New Zealanders came to me. I was giving a speech at the United Nations uh, and on internet and satellite. And they said, oh, wow, you know, can we speak with you because we do not have good internet connectivity in New Zealand and we are going to go to Australia to ask them to help us get internet connectivity via satellite. And I said, don't be ridiculous. I said, start your own satellite system. Now, they were 30, which was just about the age that I was when I started Astra. And we started Skyping, me at 8 a.m., they at 8 p.m. in New Zealand. And sure enough, Mariana, within one and a half years, we had put together Oceania Women's Network Satellite. We had done a request for proposal. We had found a satellite system, which we then got together all of the women in the Pacific community, in the islands, because one of the New Zealanders was the president of the Pacific Internet Society. And it just so happened that on every single island, there was a representative for the Internet Society. And almost invariably, that representative was a woman. And so she said, okay, Candace, I'll get everybody. Some people could invest $500. Some people could invest 50. Some people could invest 5,000. Some people actually invested 500,000. Some people could not invest at all. If that happened, we then gave the person the money so that they could invest and so that we could have our satellite system, which, by the way, probably um, actually um, fulfills all of the UN SDGs. And not only that, for the first time ever, when the UN decided to buy satellite bandwidth from uh, some satellite operators to provide internet connectivity to these islands in the Pacific, you know, that yes, they, they chose three operators. They chose Intelsat, 
very well established. They chose Inmarsat, very well established. And they chose us, OMSAT, Oceania Women's Network Satellite, a group of women who had said, we're not going to accept this anymore. We need to know, for instance, when the climate change happens, that there will be uh, 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 our, our islands may disappear. We need to know this. We need to be able to provide education, hospital, etc. We took the matters into our own hands and we did it. And, you know, that is it is exercising personal responsibility and getting everybody, not necessarily, you do not have to be a shareholder. You can be a stakeholder and you can create value. And the value that we have created is far greater than any other value because we are educating people, we are saving lives, we are saving islands. And yes, at the same time, Mariana, and you know this better than anybody else, in the meantime, we have quintupled our financial <laughs> shareholding. So that is just one little example of how you can do it, how you can inspire people to take responsibility for their lives and to do something about it and to all come together across a common denominator, which is actually, let us save our lives that are save our planets. Which is basically what Aqual does, what we do. We're bypassing existing structures to taking our own money in our own hand and, and uh, implement what we believe is right. And, and you have done such an amazing job, you know, uh, Aqual, because you have started this investment vendor. And when you did that, Mariana, you know, and I remember people going, oh, you know, what is this? But you kept on going. And not only did you keep on going, you put, quote, unquote, literally, you know, your money where your mouth was. And now everybody is talking about this. Everybody understands that the, um, you know, the, 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 the way that people have looked at investing, you know, which is just, uh, looking at the numbers, okay, already, you know, more and more people realize it's the team, but, you know, still they have a way to go until they get to that integral investing, which you and your Aqual team espouse, but, you know, they are getting there. I think they are getting there, and it took somebody like yourself, you know, to, to hear again, you know, you don't need to worry about showing people if you're great or not. What you need to worry about is you need you, you know that you need to make certain that everything that you do is at one with yourself. And and that when this happens, that then you are able to empower um, and enable, you know, so many people throughout the world, whether it be through the Club of Rome, whether it be through your investments, um, whether Iban. Yeah, Iban, you know, etc. Et, et so um, the, there is a new paradigm in the world. Uh, we have to try and bring it about quicker. Absolutely. And that leads to the next question. How do we bring the tipping point? I mean, one of the things is the building the networks that we're building, you know, calling the investment vendor, which, by the way, I, as you all know, I it was actually launched last year. But five years before that, I had already sent an investment vendor call and a letter, open letter to um, uh, Chancellor Merkel asking for support in doing this without ever receiving an answer. So it is all about us getting active and putting ourselves on the line with the intention to really do good and have an impact. So if there was a single more, most important action that we would need to perform to reach the tipping point where all of us who are thinking alike and really care and have found a way, because I believe there are a lot of people who care, but it's not everybody's empowered to build a network and join structures or build structures where we can reach the tipping point where it becomes obvious that there is no other way to do investing but in, in a holistic integrated way so what advice would you give people who want to move in this direction how well, what would that be what is the single most impor important action 
I think. Is there one or many? <laughs> I, well, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't think that there is one. But, you know, I am a big believer in angel investing. And the reason I am a big believer in angel investing is because it is peer to peer. And there must be a element of trust when you are investing together. And so I think that, you know, just like you, Mariana, you have put together a growing network of people who understand that their money or their resources must be um, invested in an integral way and for um, a, 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 a common purpose I believe that that same peer-to-peer respect, admiration, exchange is also present in angel investing. And that, you know, you said earlier on in the program that Indeed, I had been active in helping bring about Middle East Business Angel Network, the African Business Angels Network, the Latin American Business Angels Network. And it wasn't, you know, oh, well, let's just do a new network. No, it was because the angel investors and the entrepreneurs that I was working with were going to these places. And, you know, I have to say um, you know, Mariana, when, when, so, you know, our listeners, I think would be very interested to know that here again, it was five years ago, five, six years ago, you and I were mentoring a young man who was the CEO and founder of Enwani. Now, five or six years ago, this gentleman, this young man was giving addresses to people who did not have addresses via GPS coordinates. Well, that young man and his company got acquired by Karim, which is the biggest Uber, you know, in parentheses, in the Middle East. And everybody uses uh, uh, Karim now in the Middle East. And since very few people actually do have addresses in the Middle East, they, of course, use the Karim addressing app to, to, to do that. But, you know, that was something, Mariana, that you and I did five or six years ago. You know, we believed in that young man and, and, and in his vision and in his hard work. And sure enough, we, we, we mentored him and, you know, he had a success which is bringing about a huge impact throughout the entire Middle East. Absolutely. It's a huge social impact, you know, to have people connected with one another and it helps them, well, it helps the delivery service, you know, people, you know, it helps the economy and everything. And I wasn't aware before speaking with him, you know, getting involved with the company, that they were actually, I think, 80% of all people worldwide, they don't have an address. So that's having addresses is a modern thing. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a modern thing, but it will become it, 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 the, because indeed we're talking about that tipping point, then people are migratory today. And so it will only be their own GPS position that will be their um, their address in, in in a very near future people will not have um, you know sit you know fixed like, addresses yeah addresses no no yeah so he was very far ahead of his time but you know you realized it and you worked very hard with him and thanks to you and to your mentoring you know it, it, he he was in a position to, to really go forward. And so I think that, you know, this, this peer-to-peer, the education, and at the end of the day, Mariana, you know, I always say this, 
you have to believe. The power of believing is possibly the greatest power. The power that you will succeed or that the goal that you have set your forth, set forth, you will succeed on that. And people, more and more people need to understand that if they believe that then they will be able to, you know, achieve their goals. Yes, which is basically what what the integral model does, which we have adopted based on integral theory. It's your interior that creates your exterior reality. And I couldn't agree more. We had uh, last week, we had uh, celebrated in Rome the 50th anniversary of the Club of Rome, who became uh, that uh, famous through uh, the first report, the Limits to Growth, which was basically predicting, not predicting is the wrong word, but showing into the future and, and, and predicting what is actually happening climate-wise and resource-wise. And uh, I couldn't agree more that the the reason why we are still struggling to do what Limits to Growth recommended has to do with the fact that we we haven't found a positive way of attracting people to move in that direction, showing people what's negative, what's going to happen, the tragedies, the, the negative side of climate change is moving people from an inconvenient truth to a convenient lie because it lies in human nature to not look at uh, something that really hurts. So having a positive outlook on things and providing solutions that entice people to move in the right direction will probably help save ourselves rather than run away from, you know, disaster. Because it's going to happen anyways. Yes. So, so, so Mariana, this is also one of the reasons why I care so much about investing in Africa. And that is because, and I tell everybody this, and I was just a keynote speaker at the African Venture Capital Summit in London uh, 10 days ago. African entrepreneurs, just kind of, you know, like me 35 years ago when I was doing Astra, they don't know that the problems that they are solving are problems maybe that the rest of the world will have tomorrow. They are just, you know, they are fighting for survival. They are figuring out how am I going to get this energy? How am I going to get water? How am I going to educate my family? How am I going to eradicate this disease? And they are coming up with solutions which are then going to be applied to the rest of the world. So, you know, I look to Africa as the solution provider for so many of these ills that we are experiencing in the quote unquote developed world. And um, it, because it is hard to find positivity sometimes in our developed world. But when you have, you know, somebody who figures out how to get energy off the grid or on the grid or, 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 or how to put a straw into polluted water and be able to drink that water, you know, that is positive and that can bring about, you know, waves of change as, as Schumpeter said. Yeah. So give us some examples. How do you invest your own money and why? And, and, and where do you find investment opportunities to invest uh -huh. with 100% impact? <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, it is very funny. And I, I will just share uh, also now here again. One, so, you know, I invested quite a bit of money into Oceania Women's Network Satellite. And um, and as I say, you know, we, we have now five years later, we've quintupled our money. We're building our second satellite system and, and, and you know, and, and um, also for the first time. So we don't allow any men, which is really fun. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, you know, which but what happens is it then forces um, uh, you know. I, I say, look, you you cannot invest, but if your wife or your mother, or your daughter wants to invest, we would be very happy to 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 have uh, them invest. Um, but you know, uh, so it always it it is never. Mariana and you know you and I even though we only really met my gosh you know what six seven years ago but um the um the 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 we've always known each other and 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 I never ever ever did anything for the money I always did it because I wanted to bring about this change so whether it was with Astra bringing about freedom of choice for television viewing, whether with uh, Laurel uh, Cyberstar Teleport Europe, it was saying, oh my goodness, the wall has just found down, fell down in 1990 when I created it. And now businesses will need to be able to work in both Eastern Europe and Western Europe. And there were no telecommunication uh, platforms available. So I created this Teleport Europe with fiber and satellite or with Europe Online. You know, my big thing about Europe Online, world's first internet-based online service, was I wanted, I knew the IP protocol from Laurel Cyberstar Teleport Europe. It was, you know, and it was also to, you know, the IP protocol was um, also borne by the ARPANET, the Armed Forces Public Affairs Network, and it was to have communities being able to communicate with each other. And I said, this is such a beautiful protocol. I would like to have mothers communicating with mothers. And this was, let me see, this was 1994, so, you know, almost 25 years ago. And it, it it was and and today you know this is what is happening. Mothers who you know who live in China are speaking with mothers who live in Latin America, and they don't have any problems with language, etc., etc., etc. One of the nicest things, and all of this you know did bring about making money, but it was never ever the goal. And now, just very recently, I was in Beirut. Uh, about five days ago, and um, something that I had started six years ago in Beirut with um, uh, Raspberry Pi, the $25 computer, um, uh, I, I, I wanted it to be my friends, Jack Lang and Hammond Hauser, who created it, I wanted Raspberry Pi to be in the Arabic language. I, wa- I felt this was very important. And so we... Um, I, I got two of the first 10 Raspberry Pis in the world and I sent them to Lebanon and I found a woman who was able to put everything into the Arabic language. And then we had a program which we called Youth to Youth. Um, I think I invested $5,000, uh, to make that happen. And my MBA students at EDEC, one of the largest business schools in in Europe, um, they always wanted to give me presents. And I said, no, no, give me raspberry pies for um, these 10-year-olds in in Lebanon. So just five days ago, I was in Beirut celebrating the fact that all of the Lebanese schools, public schools, will all have raspberry pies and our youth to youth program will be put into all of those Lebanese schools. And in addition, we are now expanding this to become mothers to mothers, same type of idea in Kenya, in Africa, again, with 50 raspberry pies that I I will be making possible. Now, what is happening? Not only are these kids learning, very often they learn English uh, when they're learning the Raspberry Pi, they learn entrepreneurship. They are already solving problems. They did the, 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 the Beirut uh, traffic lights um, coordination. And in Africa, the women, everybody talks about weaving and it drives me absolutely crazy. And I've always said, give, don't give people, uh, you know, a weaving tool, give them a raspberry pie. And sure enough, I had the opportunity to do this about four weeks ago when I was in Vienna at the United Nations. And I heard, you know, I was being presented one more time, this women's group who, you know, who was doing uh, weaving. And I just said, damn it, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. I said, you are keeping these women down. I'm going to give you 50 raspberry pies. I want every single one of them to have this program now, mothers to mothers, and they can start their own, co- you know, their own companies. Now, I personally have not uh, taken any money from this investment, but every single person, including the the young woman who I got to put everything into Arabic, they are all doing thriving and flourishing companies as a result. So this, you know, this is such a beautiful, um, a beautiful example. And I just can't tell you, it just gave me, you know, such joy, even though on my way from London to Beirut, the uh, airplane company that I was on um, uh, went bankrupt. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and, we, and we and we stopped, and we had to stop in Cyprus for a day. But I got there in time. So yeah. <laughs> wow! Thank you for that. That's so making a difference, and with with your money, and then the universe yes. will take care of you. That's basic. Because we actually, at the end of the day, we're not going to take anything with us when we die. And the universe is taking care of us anyways. And you're happy on the way instead of miserable. So that's the, the, the recipe for, for success, for happiness, for impact, for everything. Because we don't really know. We don't really know what is the right move. We need to leave some room for a miracle to happen as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I, um, uh, I, and I do judge everything by happy days. So I do not judge by money but I judge by happy days. And, um, you know, that is, that, that is, you have to work very, very hard and it takes time. But if for one moment you have this beautiful happiness and then that encourages you and, you know, the scientists have already shown that that happiness gives you the energy to go and do even greater things and to go outside of yourself to achieve great things. Hallelujah. (laughs) And yet let's, let's go back to another question, you know, to the bad advice for investments that you keep hearing. Mm -hmm. And what would be your advice? What are antennas? Where should we, you know, how show we, what what kind of a, a type of advice that you think is ridiculous that we should um, avoid? Well, I think that you know, I every time I re- meet a, an entrepreneur who says, "I just want your money," let me tell you, I don't even talk to them. Okay. If, <laughs> Thank if, you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anybody says to you, "I just want your money," then these people are obviously not the people that you should be investing in. These are the people who have not understood anything. Um, I think another thing that very often happens is that a number of people think that when they, and and don't, don't ask me why, because I think it's the stupidest bit of advice, but they always say, Oh, well now we have to fire the entrepreneur. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) And, been the entrepreneur and been fired many times in my own company, you know, obviously I don't like that. <laughs> and, and actually that is very, very bad advice because the entrepreneur is the one who has the roadmap and no matter what, they may not be very good at doing Excel sheets or, you know, writing reports, but they know when a bump in the road comes They know how to either go around that bump, to spring over it, to dig a tunnel underneath it. And so the visionary aspect of the entrepreneur is important to keep in really any company. And so many times you will hear that that is, um, uh, you know, that, that will, will we have, you know, the, the entrepreneur is not a good CEO. We have to fire her or him. Well, maybe you don't want them to be your CEO, but you want them as your chief entrepreneur or your chief visionary or whatever. People are coming up, you know, with new, with new names. Um, and I think another thing, you know, is, um, evaluation or valuation of a company, um, so many times, you know, you're presented with all of these 
um, uh, Excel sheets and spreadsheets and, you know, the market, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here, this is more for the entrepreneur, but also for the angel investor. <clears throat> I always tell every entrepreneur that business plans should be done only for yourself, not to impress the, uh, not to impress the investor, not to raise money because the investors are not stupid. They really don't believe all of that. An, a business plan is done so that the entrepreneur can look at that on a piece of paper and then that she can ask herself, do I really think I can achieve those numbers? Am I not lying or making false statements to other people? about what is achievable, how much money I need to have to do this, what the market really is. And so that business plan is your truth saver. And it allows you to externalize it, you, not the other people, but you to externalize it and to say, okay, is there on paper, I'm going to share this with other people who have invested, who have, you know, or worked hard all of their lives to earn this money. And I'm going to now ask them to believe in me. And unless you can really, really do that in all honesty, here again, Mariana, something about your interior and, you know, and integral investing then you should you should not go forward and you should not ask anybody to invest in you if you do not believe in your own business plan. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to um to the road of to interior uh, exterior transformation goes through the interior transformation. What is your own personal development practice that keeps you upbeat? And what do you do on a regular basis that keeps you in that beautiful state of mind? Well, thank you for that. Um, I think the most important thing, and this is very, very hard because... You, you know, we don't really talk about it all of that time, but of course there has been, there have been terrible times in my life. Um, uh, people have lied about me. Uh, they have, uh, they have tried to uh, get me kicked out. Um, they have um, done a smear campaign uh, against me. Um, you know, and, um, uh, and, uh, that, uh, when you are, as other people say, challenging status quo or breaking monopolies, you do not realize that, that, that you are doing that, but other people very often are worried about what you're doing and, and worried that what you are doing is going to have a negative impact on them. And so, and there, so one, I've always tried to make it be understood that what I was doing was for everybody's good, not just for, you know, a certain part of people. But the hardest thing, I think, is indeed continuing to be open and continuing to be vulnerable to be uh, to be being hurt. And that is very, very difficult um, to not be bitter. Um, and it takes, quite frankly, it just takes a lot of, you know, talking to yourself and saying, okay, you know, look, Candace, this happened. Um, you, you cannot let it affect the rest of your life because if it did, the bad guys would win and not the good guys. And so, um, I think also that uh, I had once in, uh, one time in my life when somebody stole all of my work um, to really, you know, quite frankly, to create the world's largest satellite system. And 
what absolutely what actually happened then is you know i could no longer live that lie that this person had stolen my work and had you know gone to the whole world and 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 was being celebrated for it and so i you know i i took the proper steps and i i got the truth to be known and to then um you know uh, have the recognition that i deserved now it took seven years. Oh my God! But I knew that I could not live a lie, and that if I if I tried to live this lie, if I tried to 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 say, oh, it wasn't me, it was somebody else, that that would be a self negation, and that I would then be the person who was not doing the right thing. So so when you have a wrong and you can correct it, I think you must correct it. I think that's very important because otherwise it will fester and, and bring negativity. And, and then if you would talk with yourself and just say, okay, no matter what, I have to be open. If you are open, beautiful things really do come your way. But if you are closed, they will not. So that is how, you know, still at age 65, I still believe that, you know, myself and peers and, you know, sisters like you, Mariana, that we will change the world. And I really do believe we will. Yes, absolutely. That's the only way. And I also know that you have a, a several personal practices that you for instance you swim on a regular basis you take good care of your body you yes. you live in beauty it's, yes, it's, yes. it's the environment you've created an environment of beautiful family beautiful friends live in paradise even okay. if you're traveling so much but you have created a beautiful life for yourself that is the foundation of your beautiful soul so what else? So you swim regularly. What else do you do to take care of your eat healthily? Well, yes, of course. I mean, swimming is very, very important, and obviously, you know, uh, diet and all of this stuff. Then, then there, of course, there is the the, the singing, and you know, singing. So I am a classical singer. I have five degrees in music. And my dear darling husband is um, is a pianist. He also happens to be a diplomat, but he's a pianist. And, you know, if you, if you are singing, which is also, I mean, I do not do yoga, I do not do meditation, but I think it is very similar because you, 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 when you are singing, you have your own, you just have your own instrument, you have your body. And so you must be able to, um, to, um, uh, to, uh, um, focus every single thing in your entire body on making and making this beautiful sound, but most importantly, communicating the essence of the poem, of the music to other people. And this takes a tremendous amount of concentration. And what happens is that when you are practicing, you are practicing. And then as you get better, the magic takes over. And it is no longer you who are singing. It is the composer. It is the poet who is communicating. And this is very, very important. And another thing that um, I do is I am a very, this is, this is now when people think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I do believe in brainwave communication. And you have to, if you are a singer, you have to believe in brainwave communication. Of course. We're not yeah. separate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so I try very, very hard to, um, to be in touch with other people via brainwaves and also at nighttime. I am very in touch with my dream world. So if I do have a problem or something, I, I train myself to at nighttime before I go to bed to say, okay, you have to, you have to figure out this problem in the sleep. And 
you know, I would say really nine times out of 10, I do. So, 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 um, you know, so this is very much something that I believe in. Uh, also the fact, you know, that being open uh, and, and, and therefore speaking various languages, uh, being open to, to beauty, uh, th- this is, this is really so important. Thank you so much for, for being so uh, open and, uh, sharing your your wisdom and your secrets with us and uh you're such an amazing role model so coming to the end what are three specific and most treasured pieces of advice that you would like to give to our listeners to our audience wow (laughs) okay well definitely believe believe in yourself believe in the power to do great things. Two, this is my slogan, um, never accept no for an answer, never give up, and never go away even when others want you to. Because people always want people who are disruptive, they want them to go away. And you just have to have the courage and the belief to keep on. And then the third thing really is um, love. I think that this is the one thing that will hopefully help us, um, save our planet and our world. Yes. Wow. So where, where can people go to learn more about your work? Do you have a website that you would like to share with us or are there several? (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. (laughs) You know, I, I don't have a website. I, um, uh, I, I don't really do LinkedIn, even though there's, a, I think, a 10-year-old uh, bio on LinkedIn. Somebody said, Candace, you've got to do something about it. Um, you know, uh, Mariana, they can, um, you know, maybe they can reach uh, out to, to, your, um, to your podcast and if people would like to, uh, I do do Skypes every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. French time uh, around the world uh, for entrepreneurs um, to try and, um, you know, help them realize their dreams. So if somebody wants to do a, a Skype and uh, I'd be happy if they contact your, your podcast um, and you can forward them to me. Um, but, you know, it's really not, a, it, well, you're, and you're right to say about my work. I mean, there are so many things I'm proud of. Astra, Europe Online. I'm doing things now with North Star, with European Space Agency, with EBAN, um, with the Global Telecom Women's Network, GTWN, with Global Board Ready Women. Um, it, it, it is those things that I care about, not so much me, but, you know, those those things. Yes, um, Pacific, K-A-C-I-F-I-C, um, Raspberry Pi, Coder Maker, all of those things I'm, I'm, I'm very involved in today. Wow, thank you so much for taking time to be with us and you're a wonderful inspiration for the world a great force for positivity and for good and for god i would say in the world thank you so much for being with us and good luck to you my friend we'll talk to you soon thank you very much Marianne, and thank you for uh, inviting me to do this podcast we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Candace Johnson can be contacted via the Aqual office. To find out more about Dr. Bosazan and how to get involved with the investment turnaround, visit investment-turnaround.com.